Hello, hello. Season 17, episode two of Married at First Sight. I still feel really good about this season. Same as last week. I like everyone. Some more red flags, but that's to be expected. And Michael. Good old Michael. I was very surprised about how all of this played out with him. Even after knowing what Michael's going to go through or it being confirmed on this episode, I have a lot of faith for these couples. There is a rumor going around that he will get a second chance. Like they had a backup person ready? I I guess, which feels kind of weird if you think about the show. Like, shouldn't you... Is this person truly a match or are they like, "Mm, you're good enough? Well, I think I asked you last episode if this was going to turn into some kind of we're going to watch Michael date sort of session versus stringing him along. Well, you really couldn't with the whole couple situation, but maybe he'd get his own little side story of trying to find love. Which I totally would have taken. I'm completely fine with that, but I think he actually does marry someone else. That would also be a married at first sight first. I'm here for it. The matching again, kind of weird, but whatever. All the matching anyway is weird. So why am I complaining? Which makes you wonder from what has happened the last couple of seasons, did Mavs have this in their back pocket just in case something like this went down? Like a contingency plan? Also, do you think that defeats I know there's little to no magic around this show because it's so air fingers scientific as far as trying to match someone with their perfect person, but you've, and now I know there's so many fish in the sea, but you've technically found my perfect person, but now you've put me up with this backup person. So are, are they not my perfect person? They're close to it. That's how I feel. I mean, there's they didn't repeat the process at all. I mean, they just went back to the books. Who do they have in line? See, I do Devil's Advocate way too much because I already hear Dr. Pepper in my head as far as we don't match you with your perfect person. We match you with, you know, the majority or Auntie Sima. It's like you're not going to get 100%. You're going to get like at most 70%. I fully agree with that. Like no one is perfect. At all. Let's start with Michael because this was the really big plot twist and kind of how it ended up being unfolded for us. Did you think it was a bit odd that we essentially already had confirmation that something like this was going to go down? So you, there wasn't a major surprise. Like, I don't know if anyone thought this wasn't going to happen. But I don't know why I thought it was. Like, was this on Reddit? Like, where did I hear this from? I think maybe it's in the way that they've done the preview and we just haven't seen his possible spouse or any of her family. And even the way they played it up in episode one on his introduction, it's almost like, okay, clearly they're not going to get married. Well, we knew that. But I mean, even before the season, like, I don't know where I heard that or how it leaked. So you were spoiled early. Yes. But I don't know how. (laughs) So I don't think I added a lot of faith to that because, I don't know, I felt like it would have been a bigger deal. But then when we opened the season with that, I realized like, oh, crap, this is real. This is who it's happening to because I didn't know which one of the cast members it was. I remember 
maybe a month or two before this season started, maybe not even that long ago, they did a feature on some of the folks on this season in Denver, but it was already odd that it didn't add up to a whole cast. So you're like, well, that's weird. They didn't feature everyone. But at that point in time, me as a little bit more of a casual viewer, I didn't get wind of any of this kind of thing. So we saw Michael get left at the altar last week, and this week we get a little bit of a rewind. We see him playing poker with his friends. We see the gift exchange, and it is finally revealed that no, this man did not pack and just show up in a crown, sword, and slippers. This is actually the bride's gift to him. This changes my thoughts on Michael so much. It does because that kind of tainted him a little bit for the cast. Well, for the viewers at home. What was every podcaster and viewer thinking like this dude, including myself, this dude really showed up with a sword and crown. That's the reason old girl left him. She saw this and was like, no, like not a great first impression. Wow. Again, happy to be wrong, especially in this case. That is amazing how someone's outlook changes so much. So much. Very creative editing. Okay, so this girl must have already been a little on the quirky side. You got your king, a literal crown and sword. She was all about her man, her king. She was ready to be his queen. And we do know that she made up her mind prior to walking down the aisle. I know folks probably want to hate on her. But let me say one thing. If that is true, I do give her a bit of credit. Let's say Michael to some folks, he's not attractive. To other folks, he looks incredible, incredibly handsome, all that good stuff. But the moment she saw him, it didn't matter what he looked like, good or bad. Like her mind was legitimately made up. And I like that she didn't get swayed because of looks. It was probably like the fine's going to be doubled if you don't go out there. <laughs> like it, I don't give her much grace. You went through months of this process to, to have it come down to the day of is really lame. I think it's hard for us to accept this because we've seen folks that off the jump are not interested in their partner and they still stick through this process. Some not mm. so much. I mean, they're not really living in the apartment. But they're still kind of a part of the show. Alyssa and Chris, like, should have never happened. Sure. That was, that was bad. But this woman really gave this man a crown, a sword, and slippers. And I feel like people usually wear their gifts. So, of course, he's going to put it on. She had this man wear all of this for his bride and then said, psych, I'm not your bride. That, you're doing too much. You're doing way too much. I can't imagine that. Even for for Michael's family and friends and her family and friends. I mean, they also kind of witnessed her. You know, folks would say, like, you're so brave. You're a little crazy, but you're also so brave for doing this. Well, since she couldn't do this, are we now going to call her a coward? Mm-hmm. It, what does her family think of her? I mean, if her family was boosting her up and like, man, you know, I don't agree with this, but you're so strong and brave for going through this. I'm like, what? but you didn't go through this. I was thinking to myself during the episode, like what would my family do if I was in this situation and they witnessed my groom saying, I'm not going to do this and walks out. Oh, we're booing. I think my sister-in-law would 
actually boo <laughs> this if, person. If not try to fight <laughs> this person. It, it just... it. I'm just saying Michael, his family and friends were so graceful and that is the correct way to do it. I just don't think it would be something <laughs> that it would like, be the same. Something like, who do you think you are? You wasted your time, yeah. his time, your family's time, our time. I mean, it would just be bad. It would be a bad situation. Yeah. My dad would have grabbed my hand and been like, nope, you're not walking away from her. We're walking away from you. Like that's, <laughs> he would absolutely not allow that. Now let's get to Michael. I know you got it down on the quote, but the way he handled this situation and the way he, I think, tried to calm himself and her down. I know. It was so much more than I could have ever thought. Like if I was in his situation, I think I would have just buckled and been like, you know, sorry to hear that. I uh, wish you the best. Like it would have just been that. Yeah. But he went above and beyond. He was so kind. And this truly speaks to who I now think Michael is because we didn't really get much background with him last time. And so seeing him be so nice and so gracious and trying to even comfort her and wishing her the best. Michael is an all around great guy. So sweet of him to take that route. I really applaud him here. He then kind of leaves the ceremony area goes with, I believe these are his friends kind of back up to where they were getting ready for the wedding. And this is where it kind of begins to set in. It, he's getting more emotional. His friends are trying to comfort him. And he says, marriage might not be in the cards for me. And it kind of takes a really sad turn to where he just doesn't think it's ever going to be him. He's really sad. And it's, it's really unfortunate to have to see. We see Michael and his friends kind of hanging out at what would have been the couple's table at the reception. He has delivered a box of the gifts that he gave to his bride. And then a letter came for him with that. His would-be bride said, I can't express how sorry I am to not give you this chance you deserve. I hope one day you can fill the adventure book up with you and your wife. You were so gracious and kind. This shows what kind of man you are. Kind of an interesting scene from production where this room where this joining of families and the celebration should have taken place. And it's just this very somber moment. Now, in the after show, we find out that he gave her, I don't remember the name of the bracelet. It's like a special type of bracelet. But anyways, it must have been a little spendy. But then they asked him if he got to keep the crown and sword. And he's like, well, they didn't ask for it back. So, yeah, I'm keeping it. And I'm like, you know what? Do you, man? Keep that shit. I really wish that they still had a party. That I mean, everything was already set up. You had all the food. You had the cake. Have a good time. Him and his family and friends should have partied the night away. You don't know this person. Have a good time. Yeah, I wonder if Math was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and save some money. We're going to shut this down. There, but the, everything, you can't take catering back. You can't take the cake back. Like, it doesn't matter. Everything's already there. Enjoy it. That's have, true. I bring mean, a lot out of the times... all production. Let's party. Let's go. Let me. Oh, so I can invite 20 more people because her side didn't show up. Let me bring more friends. True, I was saying, because even things like alcohol are pre-purchased. Yeah, no. I wish they showed us that. Like, he ends it on a great note. Now, I'm curious. Do you think the fine is really more towards 
the venue and sort of the cost of the wedding? Probably because it's not like they get to use the footage. Sure. So probably. I have heard about people thinking there is a potential lawsuit currently happening. That is why no footage is being used. I don't know. That was just a theory put out there of why it is shot the way it is, because this person definitely signed releases. I'm just thinking of possibilities in my head, and I feel like something like this can get pretty nasty because from her perspective, she could say true or false. You know, I was pressured into doing things I didn't want to do, things that weren't in the contract. I didn't agree to this or that. And from Lifetime's perspective, they could say, well, we have it all on paper. You signed a contract, so we're suing you. Again, people, we are on season 17. You know that editing, people are going to get bad edits, good edits. Like it, no, no grace. (laughs) Very little grace. But moving on to people that have signed the contract, have gotten married, are good to go. We start with Emily and Brennan. They are officially married and walking down the aisle to a very chill and frozen scenery awaiting them. Do you think they get to keep the coats or are these their coats they brought? I have no idea. I'm going to guess slash assume it is their coats, but I would not want to be out in the cold. I don't know why they picked a venue so tiny that there wasn't a room that they could hang out in. This is a winter wedding. You're already so nervous. You're marrying a stranger and now you're cold. Now, we don't live in cold slash wintry snow climate. Maybe this is just a thing that happens in when you live in this type of environment. Not as far as sitting outside, but... Yeah, I guess you wouldn't be doing this anyways because it's for cameras. So I take all of that back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in cold climates, they're prepared to have you inside. <laughs> I do agree. That venue was so small. I mean, I feel like on each side of this person's family, you might have had room for 20, 25 people. Oh, and that's being generous. I don't even know if it was that. So Emily and Brennan sit down, have champagne and baby, a red flag for me. She asks... Does your family like to party? I don't know if I'm meeting someone for the first time who I married, if like partying is even on the mind. I have so much more I want to know about the person than if their family parties. That says a lot about maturity, about your perspective. If I'm getting to know someone's parent, you're right. There is so much more I'm interested in. Like, who is this person? What are they into? What are their interests? How can we get along? What How do- old are you? <laughs> Brennan says that his parents are Russian and his dad only drinks vodka, no water. So I guess we're good to go there. Emily seemed to be satisfied with the answer. You know, people on like Reddit boards and kind of on the internet have liked her to a previous like few cast members. But I think I changed my mind. I thought, oh, man, maybe a Lindsay. I don't know. No, someone said Virginia. And I'm like, oh, snap, that could be it. She might be a Virginia. Like, low key, we haven't seen her enough yet. I'm just saying, let's keep our eyes peeled. That was Virginia and Eric? Yes. This was the Virginia that was 
oh, it's not cool to spend the night at my guy friend's? I'm going to be uh, drinking too much to make it home, so I'm going to crash at their house. And Eric was like, no, that's not cool. Ubers exist. Like, just <laughs> to say. Okay, nothing to do with the partying, but I already forgot what my picks were, but I'm already not feeling so hot about Brennan and Emily. I feel like this is what's going to happen. They're going to start out really strong. They're going to party together, maybe have a dope honeymoon, but it's going to be one of those things where it burns out quick and either one of them, maybe Brennan a little bit more is going to think, I don't know if that's what I expected it as a wife, or I don't know if that's what I want as a wife. I have a very fun new pick. Mm, do you want to know my question now or at the end of the show? Does it relate to Brennan and Emily? It relates to all the couples. Shit. Um, let's wait to the end of the show. Okay. Thank you. Moving on to my personal favorite couple of this season, Lauren and Orion. They got to make it. They have to. They got to make it. I'm fully in on them. They got to be the power couple. I love them so much individually and together, and they're just so cute. And I feel like they really appreciate each other and each other's culture right now. In the beginning of their segment, we see the wedding being set up. And in her interview, Lauren says, I hope he's big enough to keep me warm. He might not be, but he's a handyman. He will build you a fire. He will make sure the furnace is no, he's, he'll built. Like, no, he's an electrician. <laughs> he's going to make sure your electrical heating vents are working. Yeah, you're good, girl, no matter what. While Orion is getting ready, he speaks about his grandparents and their everlasting love story. He says he has been looking for the right person since he was 13 years old. That feels so young. I'm wondering if that's maybe when his grandparents met. So that's where kind of the significance is coming from. I'm not really sure. Not knowing too much about their past. I have a feeling this love story is going to be a little bit about two folks that haven't really been able to find their Orion himself. He has, I mean, they both have a community, but I guess the community of folks outside of their family, right? The ability to find a partner. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be accepting of who this person is without any judgment or preconceived notions. And I just really want them to work so bad. One of Lauren's friends while they were getting ready brings up an amazing point. She says she wants to know his argument style. And that's so important to me. You got to fight fair. You got to argue fair. So I think that is super important and it's good to know. Then we have the gift giving between Lauren and Orion. He gave her turquoise and a note that said, when we wear turquoise, it allows us to be seen by our ancestors. I thought with this gift, my ancestors can see you and come to know you and who you are to me. The way to my heart. Very thoughtful, very kind gift. Not over the top, but enough to send a good message. Lauren gave Orion a really nice flask of rum, and it was bottled by her 20 years ago, which I'm really, I'm curious. Like, I'm like, what's the timeline of this? Like, when did you, I don't know, I have many questions, but it's very thoughtful and obviously a very limited batch. So it is special. Orion's sister put his hair in his traditional bun and explains that it's so he can be of clear mind, clear thoughts, clear emotions, 
so that everything comes through him is from his ancestors. Orion and his mom have a sweet moment. Orion thanks her and says that he feels the strength of his family behind him. While Lauren is hanging out with her family before she goes down the aisle, her sister-in-law gave her a bracelet from her grandmother, as well as a keychain with a photo in it of Lauren and her mom. So sweet, so nice of the sister-in-law to think of these sentimental items for her to keep as she kind of starts this next chapter. I feel like Lauren and Orion are going to have a lot of moments, a lot of sentimental moments that really get folks teary-eyed. I agree that they're going to be super sentimental, but do you think they're going to be too emotional at times for each other? Or, or how do I say, kind of like hang on to things that bother them or potentially argue more passionately? Like, is are their emotions going to be in a negative light, do you think? It's tough because we are doing a lot of assumptions, but the way they carry themselves, I think they're going to communicate really well so i don't think they will go down the road of having these really big arguments they just i don't i don't see that from them i appreciate that orion shook lauren's aunt's hand and introduced himself i think that's so sweet i am curious about how accepting each person's family is of their partner i think that's going to be huge in their case because they have so much appreciation for their family and community and culture i think that's going to be very important for their relationship to thrive honestly i think they'll be just fine their parents seem so chill they seem so nice they come from wonderful families i don't see it being an issue they had a great first look all smiles orion did not shake dad's hand though And I know it was because he was so nervous. And obviously, that's the first time you're seeing your bride. I can't hate on it too much. I might have read this wrong, but I I felt like Orion was kind of going for the shake. But her dad kind of like dropped her off and he kind of just went to sit down (laughs) fairly quickly. Like, I don't think he had the moment to shake his hand. That's true. And I'm not even sure if her dad ever faced Orion. I don't think so. Which, I mean, we can read into that, not read into that. Is that too much? Is everyone nervous? I think that. I think it's just too much pressure on a moment. Then we get into the introductions. Speaking of Lauren, her friends and family say that she is an original masterpiece. Be ready for an adventure of a lifetime, whether it's a spontaneous hike or a random trip to Paris. There will never be a disappointing moment. With this free spirit, Sagittarius woman. She's raised to be bold and fearless, which has led her here to this moment and will lead her to a wonderful lifetime with you. Speaking of Orion, his friends and family say, There's a lot more to him than meets the eye. He is a jack of all trades who can restore a classic car or finish a basement, but he's learning how to put his hair in a bun. Lauren says that she can help him with this, and I thought it was so cute. She'll do his hair. He'll put up her shelves. A perfect match. Continuing on, they said, Be ready for him to ecstatically share his culture with you, his wife. He has been dreaming of finding you since he was 13 years old. Were you thinking of marrying someone at 13? Or finding you're the one? No, more focused on not being bullied. 
<laughs> trying to get some schoolwork done. Absolutely wanted nothing to do with that. I, I probably had a girlfriend, but I was pretty a thousand percent sure I was not thinking of marriage. During her vows, Lauren says, On this journey, I may make promises I fall short of, but I hope you continue to choose me every day as I will you. I promise to seek connection over correction when in disagreement. I promise this marriage will be of mutual and individual growth, one that we forever will be fulfilled in and from. Orion's Vows says, As you stand before me, I know there is no one I would rather take this adventure with to make these promises to. I promise easy communication, patience. I promise you the man standing before you is the best version of myself. We never know what the future holds, but knowing you are here with me today reassures me that someone, somewhere, is listening to my prayers. Beautiful. Both incredible vows. He's really sentimental, and it makes me so happy. I really like both of their vows. I think they took good time with them. The first kiss was beautiful. It was long. He leaned in. It was very nice. And he asked if she would like a kiss, which is very nice and polite, considering it is the first time you meet this person. Not required, because, I mean, you know what happens at a wedding, but it is nice. They mention it later on that, Compared to a previous season, everyone's going in for the kiss. Very good kisses this season, I will say. Like, touching and, like, leaning in, it's not... Man, we've seen couples where the guy has to walk, like, five feet over (laughs) to the bride. After the wedding, we're getting right into horoscopes. What are you, Leon? Well, I'm a Leo. Of course you are. Right, right. (laughs) He is the most Leo Leo ever. And I'm a Sagittarius. You were instantly vibing. Lauren, me and Lauren. Were, instantly vibing with Yep, Lauren. I knew I loved her. And then she said Sagittarius. And I was like, of course you are. See, but here's the rub. Do Sagittariuses usually vibe with each other? I don't know, actually. Like, I know you're being a fan now, but I'm like, wait a minute. Is it written that you're supposed to like... Like, Leos are weird, too, because isn't a Leo supposed to be an alpha? Yeah. But... But I have some fantastic relationship with other Leos. It's not a competition for you? No. And honestly, I am a Leo, but if there's someone that's super alpha, I'm like, whatever. Have your little captain moment. What are we going to do? How are we going to run this? Like, let's go. Well, you're usually the leader of most things, just naturally. But you and other Leos get along probably because you're all just equally taking your parts of being the lead i think i would describe myself as a submissive leo no what maybe in your head (laughs) no like for example (laughs) if i'm on like a sports team like i'm not the captain like i'll let someone lead and like do all that shit and organize yes someone else can have the title but you are right in there you are no really That voice booms across a field or a court. Yeah, no. I appreciate you think that's how it is, though. Maybe I'm just always in my own little world, (laughs) and that's just what I think. Yeah. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with being a leader. Oh, okay, but okay, here's one thing I wanted to mention. Lauren was throwing out, like, the triple star signs or something. Now, I don't know this world like that. I know I'm a Leo. I know that I guess we're alphas and that's pretty much all I know. But she was talking about things rising and not rising and half moons and moons. I'm like, whoa. 
I also don't know any of that. So, yeah, I know a very basic overview. But I guess Lauren and Orion matched on that. So that sounds like a good thing. I think so. In her interview, Lauren says she likes what she sees. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Like, we're good. Orion says to Lauren when they're sitting outside, When imagining who I wanted to give my vows to, you're everything I envisioned. I'm telling you, watch out for Orion. <laughs> He's the sweetheart. <laughs> then we move on to Becca and Austin. We see them wedding dress shopping and tux shopping. Becca wants something a little non-traditional, and Austin doesn't want to freak out his bride with kind of a wild suit, which I fully agree with and I fully support. Because do you remember Miguel oh, with no. his like pattern to no, no, suit? No, no, no. Yeah, I did not like that, and I wouldn't like that meeting someone at the altar. But in Miguel's defense, that probably did represent who he is. You're right. A bright red glittery flag. You're right. I mean, that was tame compared to his like wolf outfit. I, he, he was a lot. And now, that, you're right. That suit does say it. <laughs> in Austin's case, the green was not him. No. And thankfully, you went with the classic one. It looks great on him. Like the, the green on Austin made him look real flat, like just really flat. I remember when I went dress shopping, I just asked Leon if there was anything I should keep in mind. Is there, I know you don't know anything about dress styles or bridal style, but I was like, is there anything that you, of any dress, like kind of like, kind of don't like? I'm like, give me any type of guidance. Of course I have the final say. He said, just no sleeves. And Becca said, this whole dress will be sleeves. <laughs> that dress was different. It looked good on her, though. It, I mean, it did look good on her. It's just, I don't think I've ever seen, again, I don't see many wedding dresses. <laughs> I've never seen one that had sleeves just that poofy and kind of <laughs> that big. She did say she wanted her dress to kind of match her style, which is not very, how would you say, like usual. Like she has kind of an unusual style. So I think it was perfect for her. We then move on to the wedding day with both of them getting ready with their friends. One of Becca's friends asked, what is a trait you want him to have? And Becca said, confidence. Confidence in his skin and in who he is. It's a great answer. Her medical and health issues come up and she said that she wants to give him space to digest it without feeling like he got the short end of the stick. Kind of seeing more about him and how he interacts with people, I honestly don't see it being that big of a deal at all. No, and we'll get into it in a moment, but seeing Austin at the altar, he seems, just his emotions, he seems like he's already in love. Yeah, like he's in this. He's here. He's ready. He's ready to be married. I don't think from his reaction, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I just think he will naturally have questions about it. I did like their little twist on their wedding. We had fanny packs of rose petals and single shooters for, you know, the flower boy, flower man. Flower man? <laughs> yeah. Man boy? Man child. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I saw Austin in his suit. This man did not get a haircut. Okay. I'm looking at the, it's like the TV insider breakdown of every couple. 
And you kept mentioning that during the show. And as we're watching it, I didn't really, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. He's going to clean up his beard and stuff. But as I'm looking at their wedding photos, Austin, you look fucking terrible. (laughs) Your hair is not done. It's not cut. Why do you have five o'clock shadow? Why didn't you either keep the beard a little, you know, thick, but not like crazy trim and trimmed or just no facial hair at all? You're in this weird in between and it legitimately like if Ellie looked over, this shit looks like five o'clock shadow. Yeah. He arrived at the venue with the neck beard and for the wedding, the only thing he did was clean it up. But like the hair you had neck hair and you didn't do a great job of shaving the neck beard because it was still so showing like it was basically a five o'clock shadow and the beard he decided to keep was this weird in between like you were saying it's like a little bit more than stubble but not an appropriate beard so you probably should have just shaved it all off or just grew it out longer like everything was in this middle section where he thought good enough Like I'm looking at everyone else and they're rocking their just style. You can tell naturally just how they live. Like Orion's facial hair, Brennan's, um, even Cameron, who's like probably can't grow a beard. No offense, Cameron. But my man's looking real (laughs) scruffy. Michael as well is just rocking his natural style. You can tell. But like (sighs) Austin, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Leon's barber from Utah. We invited him to the wedding. He came. On the day of the wedding, he hung out with Leon before and he... My barber was fucking trashed. I shouldn't even say my barber. My friend who is a barber, he was invited to the wedding and he was having the time. Like, he was pre, pre-gaming. pre <laughs> Like, we showed up, I think, like two or three at the venue and he was done. So I didn't know he was done pre when you guys were hanging out. I knew he was done at the wedding, but I didn't know then. No, but he like came over and was like, oh, do you want to, he had like a flask and he's like, oh, do you want some? I was like, sure. Okay. But then you still trust him, him to line you up and do your mustache and beard. Now my <laughs> haircut was good, but I was like, man, I have this incredible barber. Like I have to ask him if he could just touch me up, mm-hmm. but the haircut was already done. Man, just a nice, fresh. You got to have the fresh cut for the wedding. You have to. It made a difference. Like he, the Man, way he lined crisp. you up, it was beautiful. Fresh, crisp lines, a crisp fade. Because such a long way. Again, awesome, man. I love you, man. I think your relationship is great. It looks good so far. But, dude, you needed a clean fade, man. You needed a nice neck trimming. I know. It makes a world of difference. Then I'm like, oh, is this how you kind of like. I'm sure I'm thinking about it way too seriously, but I'm like, is this how you deal with life? Are you like halfway doing it? I don't know. Do you not really clean? Like you take out the trash, but you never like clean off the counters, you know, like nothing's ever fully done. I don't know. Yeah, that might just be a dude trait. I don't know. That's true. I guess that's that's that. We see their gifts to each other and she got him a card and it says, oh, shit, we're engaged. And then she also got him camera and film, which I get where she was going from, but it it's not the greatest gift to me. It wasn't very sentimental. It was like, this is what I love, which like I get, but there was no connection here to me. Now, from my perspective, she's trying to say, use this to capture our moments. Oh, that's way cuter than how I took it. That's the, way sweeter. I, I know what you're getting at, but that's how I took it. 
Maybe it said that in the card, but we didn't like get to hear that, you sure. know, like I'm sure there was a very sweet explanation. But at first I was like, mm, that's not very cute. <laughs> he got her a card. And if you noticed, I think he added pages to the card like he wrote a uh, quite a bit, which I love. He also got her perfume, which is her perfume that she wears every day. OK, I have been in an Ulta. The sheer amount of products in that store, the chances for this dude to pick out her perfume, two things. He either Googled like the top perfume for women at that moment in time, and that's what he bought, like that brand, or two, he hit like the one in 10,000 shot to get her perfume. Like, how is that possible? Or my worst fear, he just got his mom's perfume and gave it. To her. No. <laughs> See, oh, no. Creepy. Nope. I'm sure uh, that's not it. Take it back. He has a roommate. You could have used his roommate's perfume. That's true. That's true. That's a little less weird. <laughs> yeah. It's still kind of, still I wanted kind of, to make it weird, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Why does your mind jump straight to the weird? I, I don't know. It could, have, it could have just been, oh, his roommate gave him recommendations. He enjoys his mother's perfume. <laughs> Oh, even the other one's creepy. I enjoy my roommate's smell. I know that. that oh, no good. We, we need to set a boundary. Austin's mom is still not here for this. And I said it on Twitter and I'll say it here. She is my least favorite character of the season. Is Austin's mom going to be the supervillain of the season? Is she going to be like kind of the stereotypical mother-in-law? Like the horror stories? Because those are the vibes I'm getting. I'm getting the vibes of no woman is good enough for my son besides myself. I got those vibes, but then she kind of talks crap about her son, too, which is kind of fun. How she was saying, like, you're not ready for this. Like, you can't handle this. Like, she also says before they go down the aisle, you're a grown man. It's not up to me to make your decisions. I mean, is that coming from a place of love? or I like? Do, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> The only thing I disliked about Austin's mom is that well, you can think whatever you want about this situation, but for whatever reason, your son has been trying to find their forever person, their partner, and they couldn't. So they thought, you know what? I'm going to try, I'm going to try this risky thing and go through this process to find someone. And hopefully they are the love of my life. Hey, maybe they're not, but you're my parent. I would want you to support me and not just having rbf like the entire time in my wedding because you imagine him looking over at his mom like that must not feel good no also what if she really does just have rbf and we're reading into it way too much like she's just not a smiley person could be (laughs) it's such a counter to his dad because his dad was just smiling all the time he was super like flushed in the face very happy for his son which Yeah, maybe that's that whole yin and yang thing. That's why they're like a a couple, a working couple, right? Becca was so happy to come down the aisle. She was hugging people, high-fiving people, just having the time of her life. As Austin is standing up there just crying. (laughs) I didn't know how to read Becca. I couldn't tell if this is someone who is incredibly nervous and this is just kind of how they work a crowd or get those nerves out or... You know, she's coming from a place where she has this autoimmune disease and has faced a lot in her life. I just wonder if that's given her 
different perspective or maybe a perspective to just enjoy every moment. And maybe that's sort of who we see now in this moment of the wedding and how she looks very comfortable saying hi to everyone and talking with everyone as she's essentially walking down the aisle in this very serious moment. I think it's a combo of both. And I think it really kind of shows who she is. Like, yes, it's a serious moment, but you're going to have fun with it. When she meets Austin down at the altar, she says, your friends and family look so nice. And then she had someone give her a tissue so that she could give it to Austin, which is very sweet. I wonder at this moment in time, Austin's tears, again, a lot of this stuff is really hard for me to read. I can't tell if Austin is just astonished by her beauty and he can't believe this is the person he was matched with. Or if he's finally feeling the weight of this moment, it's so hard. It's so hard to gauge. And honestly, I think it could be both. I think either way, both are positive because yes, you should take this seriously. And yes, we are happy that you find this person attractive or you're feeling their energy and you think it's something that could work. I know it's a cop out and I say I just said the same thing, but I do think it is a mix of both. I think it's just like the moment being so big, a moment you've wanted for so long and it's here, it's right now, and the person's arriving. Like, it's just so much at once. I could see, just like a few other couples, Becca and Austin, I think, gosh, I I hope I'm right. I think they're going to try their absolute best to make this work. Yeah, same. Like, I, I feel really good about them. I love their energy. I think they're so similar. I think they'll know how to communicate with each other because of that. Or I hope so. <laughs> Do you remember, I think it was Austin and maybe Jen. What was his partner's name? Austin was like, Austin was a network engineer. Oh, yes. And they just had their baby. I can't think of her name. Why do I think it's Jen? I want to say Laura, but I think it's Jen. Either way. In their season, they had this almost instant bond and they really never had issues. And I guess, yes, here they've already introduced the autoimmune disease, which the fact that they're mentioning it means it's going to be shown in future episodes of the show, either them talking about it or seeing if it's going to be an issue or not. But in Austin's season, they just, they were this, they were quietly the, the star couple. They just never had issues. Their relationship kept growing and growing and growing. I mean, now they're married. They have multiple kids. His wife's name is Jessica. So you were close. Oh, so close to the J name. I couldn't get it. Austin and Jessica were so solid during the entire season that the editing would even try to make it dramatic. And it was just so funny because it didn't work at all. Or like the night before decision day, everyone's so nervous and they don't know what to do. And we were just calling BS it the whole time. Like they were so solid. Becca's friends and family wanted Austin to know, you have a smart, strong wife who likes to take charge. She has a way of capturing people's best moments, just like she'll capture your heart. The way she captures moments in her photos speaks to her soul as she sees what others don't. Being late is a personality trait of hers. Tell her often how beautiful her brain is, and you will soon find out that she is the coolest, nerdiest sex vixen you have ever met. Pan to mom, who is not happy. (laughs) 
Dad laughed, though, so I'll take that as a win. Austin's friends and family said, You are marrying a born and bred Colorado boy. You're in for lots of outdoor adventure, and all he is waiting for is you. We hope you don't mind running behind schedule because Austin is always late. You're fortunate to be marrying a guy whose top trait is loyalty. He likes to make people feel happy and cared for, and this will now include you. Austin is all in, and we hope you are too. Isn't it wild that sometimes the person who's always late isn't aware they're always late? I feel like that's kind of how it always is. Kind of. So I'm hoping that since they're both aware of it, maybe they're only like five, ten minutes late. They're not like an hour late <laughs> to events. Also, they, they're both here on time. So I, there we go. They made it happen. Wouldn't it be funny if they were both late, though, <laughs> to their wedding? Okay, so I had a theory. I mean, maybe the reason this dude couldn't get a haircut or totally shave was because he's running short on time. No, <laughs> don't <laughs> accept it. <laughs> Becca's vows are, I promise I will never want to stop learning about you even when I think I've figured you out. I promise to laugh with you, at you, we will laugh. I promise to be vulnerable with you even when it's not easy. I promise to share my N64 with you as long as you're okay with losing. And most importantly, I promise that although this is our first adventure, it will not be our last. This is also where we find out they have the same Mario Kart characters. That's adorable. We bonded over video games as well. So I see good good vibes. I give them so much props that they both still had their N64. Like plugged in and working, not just like in a closet. Like my N64 has been lost slash gone since I was probably like nine Mine is not actually mine. It was my brother's and I just used it all the time. (laughs) So he has it. Becca then requested the Jewish tradition of breaking the glass. Apologies, I don't know the actual term for it. But I know that they break the glass and we yell mazel tov. Yes. And they had a beautiful first kiss. It was a very long and interactive (laughs) first kiss. After the wedding, they go outside to get to know each other. We find out that Becca does not drink, but that she is totally fine when other people drink. Instead of sharing the champagne, they spray it and celebrate their vows, their wedding. They talk about work and they find more that they are compatible on. And they said they feel like they know each other. See, I think great foundation. We're moving in a good direction. Then we move on to Claire and Cameron. So Cameron really doesn't have friends. Is this a yellow flag? Yes, this is a yellow flag because I was thinking, oh, well, maybe he's been here only a couple years. There's no one that close that he would want to spend this day with. That's fine. But later in the episode, they said he's been here for 10 years. I feel like you would make like a decent friend, right? In 10 years that you'd be fine with them kind of sharing this journey with you. When he goes, I believe it's suit shopping. Mm -hmm. He has his family friend who's kind of like an aunt yes i'm like wait a minute cameron do you have no one else that can go with you to go suit shopping yeah these her and her husband tend to be his family friend that come for everything and so i'm saying yellow flag like mild just i don't know what to make of it but even when he's getting ready for the wedding 
I couldn't really tell the vibe. And they're like, are those the family friends kids? I, I just couldn't really tell if he had any of his friends outside of this family. I think one was a cousin. True. Yep. So we at least had that. Did you notice when Cameron and the guys like cheers their mimosas? It's all orange juice. That was <laughs> thick OJ. That was the inverse of any mimosa. Well, not every mimosa I've consumed, but the majority. That is not the image of a mimosa. No, it's real clear. And there's a, a topping of orange juice. We see the gift exchange and there was a lot left to be desired. Cameron gave Claire a stuffed animal, which she was very taken aback by, but she also didn't know what it was because this was a very big clue into who he is, where he's from. She didn't make that connection. Now, I didn't read into it, but I'm guessing just context clues. This must be an animal that originates from Australia. It's a kiwi. Now, I don't blame Claire because I don't think I'm thinking about all of this in this very stressful day and moment. All I'm seeing is this person gave me a stuffy. So what does this say about their personality? I think that's what uh, she was thinking too, or that's why it caught her so off guard. Like, what does this mean? Do you remember what Claire gave Cameron? I apparently did not write it down. Yes, Claire gave him, it's very sweet actually, and I'm, I'm looking at it too in the, the TV Insider special about Meet the Couples, but she gave him basically the, the red uh, cloth mm, Yes, yes, because that was really important to her to represent the Scottish crest. Yes, all the bridesmaids were also wearing kind of the sash. And then he was looking up, okay, how, how am I supposed to wear this? So I think <laughs> yeah. they, they looked it up and like what they could do with it. And it seems like he, um, kind of like a handkerchief, he like tied it up and put it in his jacket. Or Very excuse me, cute. folded it and put it in his jacket. It actually looks really clean because he's got basically like a navy, uh, you know, navy suit on, which is like that little touch of red, uh, which actually it pops very loudly, but it kind of it kind of goes with what what's going on in the wedding. Claire is asked by one of her bridesmaids, "What if he has no family?" Is that a producer-driven question? Because that is very specific. That's there is too no way. That's too on brand. Yeah, so definitely I feel like someone was like, ask this, we're not going to tell you why. Well, then say, I would well, read into that. Yes, I do have family, but they're all in Australia. She has a good answer. She says, then we will be his family. Tough. That was tough. Very cute. Very sweet. Also, hold on now. Would you really judge someone if they didn't have family? I think if you're super close to your family, you would want some type of connection with your in-laws, probably. But I mean, what if that's out of your control? For example, they've already passed away. Well, yeah, but I think you just need to explain that. Sure. Also, Lifetime couldn't fly them out. Come on. I have a little bit of a different perspective on this. So, for example, if I'm marrying someone, I've fallen in love, that's the person I want to be with forever. As long as we're cool with each other and obviously we're ready to get married, if the family wants to come along for the ride, they're welcome to. If they don't, that's cool. But it's not like I am going to judge someone or anything like that, whether they have a family or not. But you do have to admit it has like it has an interesting energy with it. Mm-hmm. Like, are is the family there and not participating and not happy to be there? Are they pulling sure. like 
what that mom is essentially doing. Or, I mean, are they not here because you're an asshole? Like, there's... Yeah, there's, sure, like, sure. questions and an energy in the air where you're like, mm, maybe you're reading into right, that right. too much. Or, I guess there's more questions to be asked if they're not there. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Claire's parents turned to her and said, be kind. I know. I was like, what does that mean? Why would you, why would you say that? Be kind. Huh. I think she's sweet, so I don't see that being an issue, but I thought it was interesting. Caught my ear. And they left us on a cliffhanger. We will not see their wedding this week. Which I felt like they were making it really dramatic and made it seem like something was going to happen. So I don't get it because I didn't pick up on that at all. So I don't know why they're editing it to be like, oh, the shocking thing's going to happen. You'll never see it coming. On the next time on, we see wedding receptions. We see Lauren say, the universe delivered a really special person to me. Claire and Cameron get married. And then we see a bunch of kind of like unfortunate snippets from people like talking to their in-laws for the first time. And they're all taken out of context and they They're all awful and they make you second guess everything you know about this person, even though you've only known them for two episodes. Like you think, oh, this person is so nice and quirky and fun. And then you hear them say, like, I don't want to be bossed around. And you're like, oh, man, that's not good. This is some (laughs) tried and true math stuff. I think most of it is going to amount to nothing. So it seems like next episode we're going to get all the weddings Hopefully all the receptions. Oh, that's wishful thinking. That is wishful thinking, (laughs) I hope. Because then the follow-up episode, we're going to the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Please, please give this to me. (laughs) Don't do two episodes of receptions, please. Speaking of honeymoons, this was my next question for you. Who is going to be the first to get into a fight on the honeymoon? We Uh, always talk about our predictions being on decision day and reunion based. But how about the honeymoon? I'll one up you. (laughs) I will answer your question and I'll raise you a question. Okay. I think it's going to be Brennan and Emily. That is the correct answer. (laughs) That is also mine. Who is poking first? I think my girl. I think Lauren and Orion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to feel real compatible. And like, why not? Why wait? Man, I'm stuck between Austin and Becca and Brennan and Emily. Wow, Lauren and Orion are not even on your list. Okay. It's amazing. Oh my God, this this is so hard because it can go. (laughs) I can see people taking their time to get to know each other and, and, you know, feel safe with this person. And I could see them saying, you're cool. You're cool. All right, let's do this thing. That's so tough. And, and I, we don't know. I know. It's like if they so little decide these, to tell us, too, exactly. like, and you could just say you haven't the whole time. And that, then we know so little about them. Okay. Well, I'm sticking with my answer. Would, do you have a final answer? For who's poking first? Yeah. Oh, I'm going. Man, they might be my answer for both Brennan and Emily. <laughs> okay. No, I like it. I saw them at. I saw each of them at these bachelor and bachelorette parties. I'm picking Brandon and Okay, Emily. okay. Anything else for this episode? No, it's good. It's good. It's got a little bit of drama. Pretty good couples. They are, I think, holding back or we're either going to have a very successful season or they're holding back a ton of the drama. 
I feel like we haven't seen many previews of the season at all. Like, we don't even have a preview of a fight yet, so I don't even know what's coming. I mean, they probably learned from prior seasons where, why are you showing us the biggest fight of the season at the very beginning? That was a critique a lot of people have of, like, don't spoil before the show. Like, we want to enjoy it as a community. It's like we're already anticipating that so-and-so's relationship already isn't going to work because I've, I've seen this big major fight that looks like people don't recover from that. And then also I try to put a lot of context clues together of like, oh, they look like they're at a big house rental with the other couples that must be sure. retreats. Okay, I see where we're going. No, nah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for your patience as well as we kind of figure out in our schedule where we can release episodes, what days are the best. I know like Friday evenings are not that great as far as like numbers, but it works for us. And maybe I can post like a reminder on Monday or something that it's out. We'll see. I hope you have a good weekend. Have some fun. Get some rest. Take care. And we will talk to you very soon for Sister Wives. And then, of course, next week for Married at First Sight. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you later.